Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, we're going to learn all about options trading with a nationally known expert. His journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, I'm kind of a dummy when it comes to investing. In fact, uh, I would urge you if I'm going long a, a, shock, uh, a stock, you should short the stock because I've, uh, I've been a failure in the stock market. But I, I admire the people who are really good at it. And my next guest is Eric Lewis. He is the host of the Weekly Option Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's first talk about your background. Well, okay. uh, where'd you grow up? So I grew up here in uh, Dallas area. Grew up in Plano. Um, I was one of those kids that grew up in the library. Um, I spent a lot of time reading books. Um, I was kind of a weird kid, I guess, but still went out and played and all of that. But yeah, Dallas is home. And w when did you first get interested in money? <laughs> That's a great way to ask it. Probably about 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. Okay. And did you buy your, your first stock in your teenage years? No, I wasn't one of those you kids. I, I waited a little later, but... Um, my my knowledge grew quite a bit because of the books, the type of books that I would seek out and read. Yeah. Okay. What is it about options trading that fascinates you? Oh man, um, that's a long list. Um, you can get a lot of leverage. Uh, you can literally control, like slice and dice, and get the exact kind of risk that you want, and isolate for the kind of risk you don't want. Okay, let's kind of do a uh, options 101. I was telling you before the show, uh, the movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. Love that movie. Didn't they have, that was options trading, right? Well, it was it was futures and options. Yeah. Okay. And what's funny too is, uh, I so I went to Chicago in summer of 2001, about two years after I finished college and uh, trained to become an options trader. And they actually moved me to Philadelphia. So I, I spent my first, I made my very first options trade ever at the Philadelphia Stock Exchange. No kidding. Um, didn't really like Philly, which, you know, I guess right. that's the Dallas fan in me. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I, I traded in Philadelphia. So um, options 101. Simply put, are these two types of options, call options and put options. One increases in value when the market goes up. The other increases when the market goes down. Um, and that's sort of that concept alone gets hard for investors to kind of wrap their mind around uh, because most people just buy stock. And when you buy stock, you want the stock to go up in price. Um, with options, I can make money on either side. Right. So, for instance, if uh, there's a hurricane outside a, a, a country that produces a lot of coffee, yeah. um, you might want to like short that stock somehow. Correct. Or, you know, um, so I had a brief period working for one of the largest commodity trading firms in the world. Um, that hurricane, if it wipes out supply, you might actually decide to, to buy a call option because you expect supply to, sh 
to decrease, but we won't turn this into a full sure. <laughs> economics 101. I can, yeah, okay. that's how my mind works. We're gonna, we're gonna go to our, um, our library of file footage, if you will, and we're gonna just show some, some clip art from, uh, from Wall Street. Go. So when, how many investors, just broadly speaking, take advantage of options trading? Is oh, it just geez. a small percentage, like no. less than 5%? Millions. In fact, I would, and, and I don't know from a percentage basis, but I can tell you that the options market is where the professionals are able to um, hedge their risk. So banks don't really like risk. They don't want to just you know buy a stock or support an IPO or something like that. They really do uh, take the time to hedge the risk. Otherwise, there's a lot of there's a possibility of loss, and no one likes to lose money. Sure. Okay. One uh, famous event that we all remember is at the height of COVID, uh, oil went negative. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like more expensive to yeah. get it off the boat yeah. than it was just to keep it on the boat. Yep. Um, now, did you take advantage of that? I did not. I was not trading oil at that point, but I have some friends that really wanted to. The challenge is that to take advantage of that, you needed a physical storage facility. It was that was economics 101 playing out in real life. We always talked about the possibility of a of a price of an item going negative, but we never really see it. That doesn't normally happen. And I mean just a series of circumstances uh what do you call it? Cushing was full, so where most of our oil, uh, specifically for that futures con con uh, contract, is kept, was totally full. You also had people like your big, your big drillers, your big oil right. refiners, need to move product out. They need that flow to continue, and because it was full, you actually create a scenario where it's worth it for them to pay you to take oil out of there, and that's how the prices end up going negative. So hindsight being 2020, what would have the what would the play have been? Oh, the perfect play would have been owning a ship <laughs> that you could have filled up with oil at a negative price and then turned around a week later and put it back into the market. That would have been perfect. Anything else would have required a longer term commitment. So for options specifically, um, the play would have been to continue to would have been to own puts in that in the expiring contract and then to buy cheaper call options in the next contract because the price did end up going up after we got past that period. Wow. Well, you have a very popular podcast. We're going to pull up your podcast yeah. page. And as we scroll down the podcast page, I want you to kind of talk about yeah. the different topics that you tackle. Oh, yeah. Um, so every show contains uh, a trade review of the, of the, of the previous week. Um, and then I give three new trades. So every week um, we do, we, we, I give three trade ideas and it's always a covered call, a credit spread and a debit spread. So a credit spread is simply a spread that you sold. Uh, a, a debit spread is a spread that you bought. So very simple. Sometimes it's a call option, sometimes it's a put option. And I use covered calls because that's the most common trade. Um, when people say, I wanna get into options trading and they call their financial advisor or their broker, they normally will say, well, you own this Coca-Cola stock or this AT&T stock, we can sell an out-of-the-money call option. That's a covered call. It's, it's covered by the stock that you already own. Now, I'll just put it out there. It's not my favorite trade at all because there are other ways to leverage your capital um, better, more efficiently. So my goal is all about efficient use of capital, um, growing small amounts into bigger amounts. That makes everyone happy. 
Um, and I've had people try to get me to talk about return percentages. And it just, it's silly because we end up being taught that like 10 to 12% a year is a great return. You can do a whole lot more with options, but you have to understand that leverage is a double-edged sword. So I have some, some trades on right now that are leveraged, um, but the risk is capped. And so I control my risk um, by how much I can lose. And, you know, I love it. And I you, normally don't lose. You've been, do, <laughs> you've been doing your, your podcast for several years now. What year? Five years. Five years. That's Started a, it in 2018. That's a long time. And I imagine you probably have uh, a great fan base. Do you get questions from I your get, audience? And, so that's the funny thing. I'm a guy in his mid-40s who gets fan mail. That's so like, cool. I'm not in a boy band, right? Like I shouldn't <laughs> be getting fan mail, but it's, it's, it's great to hear from people. Um, we're creating a little membership community as well, just to create a more open dialogue, help people uh, with their trades. But it's, it's fun because I love, I'm, I'm kind of a cheerleader for option trading. Yeah. I enjoy it. I get passionate. I will bore your audience or any audience like to death. We could talk options all day, every day. I probably even have, Somewhere to the tune of, you know, 40 to 50 books specifically on option trading. Um, I love options and I didn't used to. There was a period where I wanted to move away from it. That's Mm kind of how I ended up in the energy business. Um, But I've returned back to it in my wiser years. So it's been fun. Okay. And we have about a minute or two left uh, in the final couple minutes. Uh, Talk to the viewer who says, man, that seems complicated. I don't think I could ever trade options. Yeah. No, there's a lot of complication in options. Normally people try to get you to focus on these things called uh, the Greeks. We call them the Greeks, like Delta, Gamma, Theta, Vega, and Rho. Each of those has a specific value uh, for the type of risk you're trying to hedge off. But as a retail trader, most of them don't actually either apply or they're just built into the price. So I strip away all of that. I don't use any complicated terms on my show. I even limit the amount of times I say the word volatility. And sometimes it frustrates um, the guys that were tra- that grew up trading options the way I did on the floor of the exchange or for an investment bank. But when you strip away the complexity and just talk options and make it simple, I get people to focus on where they're going to make money and where the trade loses money. And that makes it super simple because that's what we're here for. So, Wow. What a great segment. We're going to have to have you back. We're going to end with the website, which is theweeklyoption.com. The great Eric Lewis. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You bet. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.